You are listening to episode 31 of the Lewis and Kyle Show, Lessons Learned from Completing the 75 Hard. Hello and welcome to the Lewis and Kyle Show, an interview podcast where Lewis and I bring on entrepreneurs, investors, people living unconventional lives. We talk about the things that we're learning, things that we want to learn, things that we've done. In this episode, we discuss the 75 Hard, a fitness and mental toughness challenge that we completed with our friend Stryker this past summer. We go into our three biggest personal takeaways each from the challenge and answer some Q&A about, you know, what was the hardest part? What would we do differently to be more successful at it? And what we learned from doing it. Fun conversation, kind of revisiting our summer and what we learned from taking on such a big challenge and completing it. Hey Kyle, we got Striker here with us. We're going to talk about what we all learned from doing the 75 hard. Our audience doesn't know Striker yet, so I'll let you introduce yourself real quick. Sweet. Yeah, I'm Striker Lewis. I'm at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Met Lewis through Kyle, through my brother, and uh, yeah, we all completed the 75 hard this summer. Awesome. So I'm going to quickly explain what the 75 hard is for those of you who don't know about it. And then Kyle's going to tell a story of how I got him roped into doing it with me. And we'll go through kind of what our personal takeaways were from doing it and answer a couple of questions about it. Uh, 75 Hard is branded by Andy Frisella, host of the MF CEO podcast, a very popular business podcast, as a tactical guide to winning the war with yourself. It's meant as a mental toughness challenge as well as a physical fitness challenge designed to test and develop your self-discipline, your accountability, your ability to follow through on commitments, and in general, improve your physical and mental health. You are needing to do six things every day to complete the challenge. One, follow a diet that you choose to set for yourself, but on that diet, no cheat meals, and your diet can't be anything crazy like, if it fits my macros, you need to eat a bunch of junk. You have to do two 45-minute workouts every day. One of them has to be outside. They have to be non-consecutive. Third, you do not drink any alcohol during the challenge. Fourth, you take a progress picture. Fifth, you drink one gallon of water every day. And last, you read 10 pages of business and or nonfiction on paper. The key is you have to do that, all of that every day, 75 days consecutively. And if you mess up just one thing, you start back at day zero. So as you're probably thinking in your head as you're listening right now, it sounds like ridiculous. And that's pretty much what my reaction was when Lewis told me that he was doing it. I was like, Lewis, another internet challenge. Like, what do you need to do this for? You don't need to prove anything. You're disciplined. We get it. Okay, Lewis, we get it. And then, so he's about eight days in. and me and Stryker have been developing a relationship and I, I figured that Lewis and Stryker w- would get along really well just because they're both similar minded. And they like the same things, you know, articulate, like to talk, just, you know, two really good guys. And so we get on a Zoom call. Lewis and I have lots of Zoom calls together. We, we are always podcasting, talking to tons of people. But this one was a little bit different because immediately they hit it off. They start talking to each other. Um, I'm in the background just hoping, hoping that fitness doesn't come up hoping that the 75 hard doesn't come up. And of course, Lewis is like, so what are your, what are your fitness goals? You know, this, this summer striker says something and he goes, well, actually I'm doing the 75 hard right now. Like, and then he explained it just like he just did to you. And then striker immediately goes, Kyle, I'll do it. If you do it. And I'm like, this is not how I expected this zoom call to end at all. So that was May 9th. No, no, no. That was May 8th. We decided we were going to start the next day. So Obviously, that night I went out, had pizza, you know, had some fun because I knew the next morning was going to be the start of a very long journey. And it was. Kyle, do you want to share what the feeling you had when you started was like a time you had in high school? Kind of that you knew when you knew you had to do it. So I've struggled with being overweight 
probably my whole life. I, I broke my femur when I was 13 and I gained a lot of weight doing that. And then that was like seventh grade. And then in eighth grade, <clears throat> I, I had talked about joining the cross country team, which, you know, is just like running all the time. And I talked about it with my friend, John Lewis, and he, you know, kind of like, he would let me bounce the idea off of him, but he never really gave me much love for it. And then we were in the lunchroom one day and it was like the information session for cross country was happening in the next room over. And the coach walks in and he's like, Hey everybody, like we're doing an information session about cross country next year. If you want to come out and, and check it out, like, come on. And I don't know, I just knew this moment was coming. So I kind of like hid my face a little bit. You know, I, I, I didn't want to, to be a part of this. And John Lewis just looks at me and he's like, you're not going to do it. You're too fat. And I was like, damn, like that, that, that is not what I want to hear. So I stood up, I walked in there and I ended up doing cross country. I lost like 50 pounds, really changed my whole life. I mean, I, I really, when I look back and think about different inflection points over my life, that's definitely one of, one of the things that did that to me. And when I was sitting there on this Zoom call and Stryker goes, I'll do it if Kyle does it. And my face turned bright red and I'm like, you know, I don't want to do this. It, it made me feel the same way that I felt in the lunchroom right before I had that crazy inflection point in my life that, that changed everything for me. So this was that round two. And after finishing it, after completing the 75 days, I mean, you both know that it's changed my life. I lost, you know, 30 pounds. Um, like I just feel better mentally, physically, everything. And, and it's the same thing. But it started the same way, too. And I knew in the moment that that's what was happening, which was the crazy part. Well, that's a fantastic story. And I'm glad you shared that with uh, everyone listening here. And that really motivated me as well to finish it just with that in the back of my mind. So with that, I think we're going to jump into our personal takeaways, the lessons we learned from doing this that we feel like sharing. Kyle, you want to start with your first one? Because you always say, I always say one, and you're like, dang, that was mine. So... Well, my first is don't introduce like-minded friends. Just don't do it <laughs> in a horrible, long challenges. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I think this one's pretty obvious, but growth happens when you don't want to do things. Like when, you, like when you're motivated for the first 15 days and you're like, I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. Like it's easy. You're not, you're not gaining as much as you do when you're like, it's 10 p.m. I want to be in bed by 11 and that's just impossible because I have to work out again for 45 minutes and I've got water to drink and all this stuff it's like that those moments are where this challenge actually benefits you and I think that that's true in like everything you know it's like when things get hard when you don't want to do things that's when that's when good things happen go for it striker no I was just gonna say going off that like for me at least kind of in the same same way i kind of found out like you only really live outside of your comfort zone like this was not something that i was just like oh like i'll do it you know this is definitely something i had to push myself to do and it was not in my comfort zone but i think looking back at it i really got to like experience this huge kind of i don't know life change and a lot of these habits that we practice over these 75 days I've ended up carrying into my life post 75 hard and now it's just it's a way of life you know and I think it's helping me really just kind of live out this healthier lifestyle and it's really enjoyable awesome yeah I really like that you only live outside of your comfort zone 
That's very true. Like you're only, you really only feel alive when you're doing things that you're not comfortable doing. Otherwise you're just like sitting around on the couch watching Netflix. It's like, man, I'm going to forget that those moments every yeah. single time, you know, completely. All right, Striker, you want to hit us with your first tip here? Takeaway? Okay. Yeah, but no. So I think for me, just really being conscious of how my body reacts to certain things. So obviously, like after the first, like I, I worked out pretty consistently before 75 hard, at least five days a week, but then basically doing it 14 days a week because you're working out twice every day. It's kind of, it's, it's wild. It definitely puts a strain on your body. So after those first five days, working out twice a day, you've got those 10 workouts in, your body really starts to feel it. And so I was doing that, obviously compounded with my diet. And you really get to start feeling how your body reacts. And not that they, you couldn't feel how your body reacted before, but just kind of being under all that stress of doing the workouts and just kind of being really strict on a diet, you really start to feel the effects of whether you're eating enough, whether you're not eating enough, how your workout really will affect you long-term. So if you do a back day one day and you don't get enough nutrients, then you're just going to be wrecked the rest of the week. And it just kind of goes on and on. So just really understanding how your body reacts to different things coupled with each other, you know? It just like emphasizes all of the, like, it's almost like we're so young. So when we do work out, it's like, we don't really feel like Mm -hmm. sore the next day, but we like, added so much intensity and so much volume that we almost got to feel what it was like to be old. Like, that's got a little... actually, yeah, that's, that's actually what I have as my first tip. I have train like you're in your forties so you can still train in your forties was, mm. was my takeaway. It's kind of like about moderation and about the idea that consistency beats intensity. Cause like you striker, I mean, I was used to working out a lot, five, six days a week, whatever, once a day, right. Once a day, five, six days a week. So that first week of the challenge, I'm feeling all motivated to get started. And I just crush every workout, like the first eight workouts. And then it's like, okay, I got hundreds more to do. And I was so wrecked. And then I was just like, I just, for the next three days, I think I just did two 45 minute walks for my workouts. So it's just like no real physical progress. I just set myself back by trying to go faster. You know what I mean? Which is kind of another thing. Like in the long run, you go faster by going slower. If I had just been really intentional about those workouts, maybe something like, you know, hitting a heavy set of one compound movement is the only intense piece. And then the rest of the workout is focusing on mobility and strength and like smaller things. It would have been a much more like balanced cycle instead of like a boom bust trying to go all out and then spending four days recovering. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of going off of that too. Sorry to interrupt anyone, but so just to inform the viewers, really Lewis and I moved in, in June together in Arizona and yeah so they met they met on that zoom call and then they moved in together in June with like literally like a week later literally a week later it was crazy (laughs) in another Um, state that neither of us lived in yeah exactly (laughs) so we ended up moving in and so it was kind of nice because we had each other to kind of like motivate each other which I don't know obviously it was a good thing because we got to help hold each other accountable but I think once I moved in I was like even more motivated to kind of push myself over the limit. So the first two weeks, I literally was doing 45 minutes of strict, just running, like straight running, like almost all out sprint, two weeks straight, coupled with full on like body days every single day. So I'd hit chest, legs, arms, back, 
then recirculate that every four days. And then on top of that, be running every single day all out. And I think after those two weeks of just doing that straight every single day, I was like, holy crap, I cannot do this anymore. And so just relating to your point, Lewis, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll feel it. <laughs> yeah. I, I walked a lot during this challenge. I did sure. a lot of walks. <laughs> yeah. Walking counts as a workout. So I took advantage of that for sure. But the walks, honestly, has been one part that I've continued into my like present day that is amazing. I just walk without a phone, no, no influence. And like, it's, it's like meditating, but it, it's incredible. Just that's kind of a, a tangent. But the, the difference between the intensity of our workouts in the first two weeks, I'm sure was was big because I was walking while you were sprinting. Yeah. Lewis, and we can tell, tell the story one? of myself trying to run with Striker another time. This man came down from the Colorado mountains, all acclimated and stuff, and just floated on the air in Arizona while I was dry heaving two minutes in. So uh, my next tip here, I didn't prioritize them, so I got to think which one is second best. Uh, is I guess it's going to be the idea of pushing past tired is one of my big takeaways. Because in high school, whether it's because I was disorganized or I was doing too much, I was frequently like, you know, burning the midnight oil and being bleary eyed, doing homework and stuff or college applications to just like kind of doing work when exhausted. And then in college, I got really, really organized. And pretty much the first three years of college, I stayed up past midnight once. And that was because it was a group project that we were behind on. I mean, I was just like, not including like social life, but like for school, just Uh, didn't do homework past 8pm, maybe like two or three times in the first three years of college and had a good GPA. And just because I was organized, and I was disciplined, I did my work really hard early in the day. Uh, focused effort without distraction. Uh, and on 75 hard, I found myself in that same spot I wasn't in, in high school where it's like my eyes were literally watering trying to read 10 pages of whatever book at like 11 p.m. because I just forgot to do it. And the idea that I kind of forgot that there's just more left in the tank that you can push past tired, especially when I didn't have a set schedule and I could just sleep a little later. Like I was so used to being regimented about, okay, well, if I'm waking up at six tomorrow, I need to have everything done by 10. On 75 hearts, like, well, I don't have everything done and I can't push it till tomorrow. Because that was the other mm-hmm. thing. In school, I was always, you know, if you work a few days ahead and then you're, you get a little behind schedule, you're actually still ahead of schedule. So you can just push it to the next day and it's no big deal. But with this, that irreversibility of it has to be done today before I go to sleep pushed me to tap back into like, no, it's okay to work when you're tired. Like if you have, I don't know, just like actually felt like I was grinding for once, which was cool. I don't know like if there's that. a lesson there, but it was weird. Like it was just a novel experience of showing how, not hard i'd been working the past couple years in terms do you think of good things came limits. out of that do you I think, think that, sh- yeah it showed me that my limit of even like even a, a short-term limit was way higher than i was pushing you know yeah it's almost like a paradox because you want to like commit and like push through it but at the same time if you overcommit, then obviously you're not gonna be successful it almost goes back to like how I don't know, the last point we made, Lewis and I guess me and Kyle, whenever you pushed yourself in the first two weeks, like you were committed to kind of doing that. But since you overcommitted, then it just doesn't work out to your benefit. It's almost like exactly. you want to commit, but if you see it's not proving beneficial, you got to understand that there's got to be some way to pivot. So, I mean, obviously in your college studies, Lewis, it sounds like you were committed, you are very regimented, you know, but then with 75 hard you kind of have to change that and make it a little different and make some sacrifices in order to get everything that you're trying to do done within the day because you have to do 
all of those six things every single day. Yeah. And I think we all can relate to this and we'll probably, I'm sure it'll come up at some point, what you learn from doing it, that makes it easier throughout the process. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like every 75 days, it was like 11 PM. Shoot. I forgot to do my reading. I'm ready to fall asleep. Let's do it. It's like the first two weeks. I'm like, okay, this sucks. I hate reading at the end of the day. And so you start organizing your day and planning ahead, but I don't need to jump too ahead because someone else is probably gonna say that. What's your next takeaway striker? Number two. Number two. Really? I mean, just a takeaway or less, yeah, takeaway or something I would advise someone to do? Either one. Either one. All right, I'll just do a takeaway. Just kind of personal, how it affected me. I, I was kind of going into it, just hoping to kind of improve just all around wellness and kind of health. Just A, in terms of body fat, just kind of reducing that. And then just getting more athletic, more strong, you know. I and mean, with the IF diet, I was kind of trying to both bulk and cut at the same time so really just kind of maintain where i was add on muscle and then subtract fat and i did a pretty good job of that i stayed i was at about 179 beforehand then dropped to like 176 178 depends on how much water you drink which with 75 hard it's a gallon (laughs) a day so it's pretty consistent there but all in all i kind of saw my body fat percentage decrease from 8.6% to 7.6%, which is solid. It's hard to get lower than that, but I am trying to do that right now with supplements and stuff, but that's past 75 hard. And then bench press was kind of like my my one measurement. I'm trying to kind of skinny down my legs, so I wasn't trying to focus on my legs too much. But I was only doing 205 at one rep before 75 hard. And then at the end of 75 hard, I can hit 260 at one rep. So it's pretty, pretty big pretty dramatic that's the most substantial improvement i think then right like one percent of body fat what's what's the percentage like of total body fat from 8.6 to 7.3 just probably 8.6 i'm just saying that the the bench is greater it's a greater percentage change yeah yeah, no for sure that's that's awesome Um, i didn't realize that you so how many plates is that that's like two uh, three it's almost two and a 25 exactly shy Mm -hmm. yeah plate math lewis we got to do that out yeah, it's another an idea for another time. We can't can't, can't be shitting around the podcast. Uh, oh, surprised you remember that one. That's funny. My next my my takeaway, I guess, is I kind of relearned something. So like, weight loss as an idea is like you could Google it and find a billion ways to lose weight. But the way to really do it is to eat right and to exercise a lot. And then you somehow like pounds shut off of your body. It's really an, a crazy, crazy thing that happens when you like eat good food and, and work out all the time. And I, I learned that in ninth grade with, with cross country because I lost a bunch of weight, but somewhere in there, I forgot that that's how that works. So that's my, my big takeaway is that diet and exercise, you know, it actually works. And if you're trying to lose weight out there, I promise you, if you work out a lot and you eat right, you will lose weight. There you go. Thanks, Lewis, Kyle. I have a question for you real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel about your experimentation with the slow carb during 75 hard? Like I know both you and I kind of added it in and then I took it out and you were still kind of going and then I know you kind of pivoted into carnivore, but maybe you could kind of <laughs> elaborate on your experience with that. So slow carb, I didn't really, I don't think I had a, even a defined week tops of like actually following it because I don't even know I mean, I stopped when I did carnivore, I was kind of 
carnivore makes you do every other diet pretty much that you're checking the boxes there because you're not having white car white carbs you're not having grains you're not having beans you're not having so it's like keto and slow carb and paleo because it's just meat and eggs so i did that for like a solid 14 15 days and there's actually a step two to 75 hard called phase one that we're considering doing again which is just 30 days with a couple of additions and the same six habits but for that 30 days i'm considering doing full carnivore again for 30 days I liked it. I felt good. I felt just meat and eggs like like, and fish. Okay. I thought I was red meat and eggs for some reason. I mean, it's not chicken or turkey, but you can have like fish, but he doesn't want to have big fish. To get to his protein threshold for the day, this kid was pounding raw eggs in his protein (laughs) shake. It was disgusting. He wants to put literally four eggs in a single protein shake, proceeds to stir it up and then downs it. Disgusting. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely disgusting yeah i've said this before on the podcast i think but lewis has a very very low bar for like what he will eat <laughs> like this man has eaten peanut butter tuna sandwiches like oh. just just like horrible like what are you doing but that that might be the worst raw egg protein shake just like straight up I promise you, it's the best. I'd still do it. Like, I'd probably, you can ask Stryker, I did it probably every day for like 30 days because it was delicious. It tastes like cake batter. It's like the best kept secret. This kid would crack raw eggs straight into his mouth sometimes. Like, and I'm not joking. (laughs) I'm literally not joking. We went to Vegas for a weekend to go spend with his parents, and he cracked two raw eggs into a cup and just shot it. Why don't you just eat the shell at that point, Lewis? Like, (laughs) what the heck? Not a garbage disposal, Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah okay tuna peanut butter raw egg sandwich right you're giving me all sorts of recipes for after this i haven't even eaten yet today that's funny i just realized that it's 12 40 where i'm at Same. if life if that's life tough. yeah i made it to 11 50 and then i had some i had some chipotle so oh wait are we all on if now I, I am and you got sean hooked on it too actually it was right doing, yeah i am not doing it strictly so I, the answer is no. I, I try and, and wait until twelve to eat, though. I've been strict on the start. Have time you have you taken your your window down, Striker? So the past week I have. So I'm going from two to six. So or six thirty. So four mm-hmm. and a half hours. That's awesome. And it's once you get, as I've said before, like with any diet, you'll get used to it. But I think IF is especially hard because your body is just it never really feels satiated whenever you wake up. And then once you like kind of push through that, then you don't really feel hungry until mm-hmm. it gets to be around lunchtime, especially if you're around other people who are trying to eat around you. And this, I guess here's another takeaway. Here's another takeaway. So I was in a house in Arizona with Lewis and Sean, which is another one of Lewis's friends. And they would, we'd come back from our morning workouts. So like five thirty or six thirty, I guess. And they would have a huge breakfast, like sausage, eggs, bacon. And I would be able to eat for another like six hours. Great torture. I would have to sit in this house and just smell these wonderful fumes. So piece of advice for anyone who is going to be trying an IF diet. Do not surround yourself with people who are going to be (laughs) eating because it makes it that much harder. If so, right now I'm living by myself, and for the past few days, like I have no cravings whatsoever before 2 p.m. So 
as soon as you get yourself used to it and you're not really around people who are eating so you don't have the smells of food or the sight of food you're gonna be a-okay have you thought about doing a one meal a day omad go mad or one omad oh omad omad one meal a day okay go go mad is the milk one right yeah Uh, we already did a podcast about that Okay, okay. Um, that was my, like the lessons from the spring semester episode. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I think once I taper this window down more and more, gradually I might kind of shift that way and just do one big meal. But yeah, I don't Should I like inform the listeners like why why IF it could be beneficial? Sure. Yeah. So maybe include a disclaimer too. Striker is not a yeah. doctor. Has yes, no idea please, what he's please. talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. I really don't. But from <laughs> sample size of one, researched. Yeah. So, anyways, the reason I kind of did it is your what you want to do is you want to shorten your eating window to eight hours or less. So that means only eating within those eight hours of the day. And same thing with drinks. The only drink that you can have outside of those eight hours is going to be uh, tea or coffee or water. So nothing with calories. That's basically what you're aiming for. And what that's going to do is your body is going to want to digest all the and process all the calories as soon as you eat them, right? And so your body's going to run on those. So you're going to get your carbs, protein, fat, and then your body is going to continue feeding on those carbs and protein and fat. But then once it runs out of that, then its next resort is going to be your fat reserves, or if you don't have the right type of fat, then unfortunately it'll start eating away your protein. But if you're eating the right kind of stuff, it'll start eating away at fat. And so that's kind of the, the overall goal of IF. And like fasting in general, it like yeah. eats the weakest stuff in your body first. So like you're constantly gonna, like... I was going to say, we're going to have to do our fasting episode in a couple of weeks if we do that five-day water fast with a strike from his brother. Oh, dude, yes. Like you just don't eat. Like what do you mean? Like... <laughs> We'll, we'll tell that story after we're on the other side of it though that's we we wanted to we had the idea you know a lot of the motivation for finishing the 75 hard was we'll get to make a podcast that we finished it you know mm-hmm. so that can be our motivation through the fasting my motivation was more like having told people that we podcasted with that we were doing it and like i just if i fail then it's like their credibility with me or like you know it's just like yeah, exactly. not doing what i say i'm gonna do so we got one more lesson each, right, Lewis? Yep. Okay. I can go. go. I, got, I got to pick mine. So I got three, and the other two I'll do is, is super fast bonuses. So we'll just not do commentary on them, and then we'll do commentary on the last one. So first one, I've not been drinking alcohol since last November, and a lot of people are like, why don't you drink? And you always, you always give them whatever reason it is. But when you have a fitness challenge, that's like the easy excuse in the world. So the idea is it's very easy to not participate in like a negative social behavior or be influenced by peer pressure. Say, you know, everyone's dueling, you're trying to quit the duel. And it's like, why aren't you hitting the duel? And it's like a fitness challenge is the most readily accepted excuse I've ever had of any reason to not do that. You just be like, I'm really prioritizing, I'm really prioritizing my health and fitness right now, or I'm doing this thing with a couple of my friends and I can't do that because of the challenge. Mm-hmm. And people are just like, Oh, I respect it. But versus if you're, it's just the much such an easy, well-packaged explanation that just shuts off peer pressure. So it's kind of nice to conveniently have a fitness challenge. So that was one takeaway for sure. And again, just bring like a LaCroix, you know, that you don't need like a drink. Another one super quick here. Exercise is much easier when combined with something fun. Towards the end of the challenge, I was doing a lot of throwing the Frisbee outside. 
and those 45 minute workouts felt like they're going twice as fast as a 45 minute run. Cause you know, throwing the frisbee, hanging out, talking with someone, same thing with swimming or hiking by, if you can combine it with something fun, that's super beneficial. And then my last one here is actually trust the process. That's a classic takeaway uh, from a lot of stuff. The challenge is well-designed. And if you listen to Andy Frisella talk about it, he rants in his kind of aggressive tone that don't try to change this for you. Like if you want to make substitutions, if you want to make modifications, if you want to do this 75, except like you're not doing the challenge. If you, and once I kind of just fully bought into that and was like, okay, I'm not going to try to make any changes. I'm not going to try to make any exceptions or any loopholes. I'm just going to do it exactly as he said. You realize some of the benefits of listening to a teacher, someone who's like a coach and has actually thought through everything. They're like, I've been where you are. I've made it to the other side. This is the best way to go from here to there. You actually see a lot more benefit. Like the way the challenge is mutually reinforcing is not even something you realize until you do it and follow it accordingly. Uh, I had friends who wanted to do it, but kept on the drinking. I called that the 75 harder because it's actually more difficult to do this challenge to work out twice a day and actually get something out of them. If you're hungover and if you're put drinking poison, you know what I mean? Like it's much harder. Same thing with the sunlight and water. Like the gallon of water matters because it's much easier to do these two workouts a day. If you're fully hydrated and you're getting good sleep because you're getting enough vitamin D because you're outside every day. So if you actually follow it all the way, it's a lot easier than making subststitutions. So that's my quick monologue. Do you have a third lesson? I, I did it so fast that no. So yeah. Exercise is easier when it's something fun. Easier to not be peer pressure because of this challenge. Trust the process. One, two, three. You just tied it all in so well that my brain didn't even process that you were moving through them. I told Uh, you I was going to do three in the time of one. Another takeaway for me is that I have further to go than I've gone so far. That like, you know, I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be. And that 75 hard is like the start, not the, not the start and the, the finish for me. And that, you know, I just want to carry forward a lot of these habits into the future and into the rest of my life. Because I think that, you know, it's very positive. Like, just no bad will come out of doing this challenge, except for maybe your, like, adrenal glands will get effed up. Thanks, Kyle. Again, disclaimer from earlier, copy-paste. Yeah, so for me, I think, I don't know, it goes back to the paradox. Don't be afraid to commit, but at the same time, if you realize or start to realize that you overcommitted and that it's something that physically will not result in a positive change, then don't be afraid to pivot somehow, you know? So for me, whenever I first bought into the 75 hard, I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually add something else in and I'm going to go with cold showers too. So for the past 75 day or for the 75 hard and ever since then, actually, I've only taken cold showers and that's something that I do not regret one bit. I think Lewis and Kyle have kind of started getting into it and they've even been doing cold baths, which read about it, super beneficial. I'll leave that for another day. But anyways, and then going back to the slow carb thing that I kind of tried, that was the time when I totally kind of overstepped and overcommitted because I was already doing my IF and kind of trying to tie that slow carb in. I just realized I wasn't I wasn't going to be able to get the nutrients that I needed because I started not feeling good, you know, digestive system wasn't really working well. And so at that point I realized like, Hey, I've got to take this a step back. I'm just going to do IF. And so you just gotta, you gotta know your limits, but at the same time, you've got to push your limits as well. I think there's a benefit there of like being sequential. You know, if you finish 75 hard all the way through, 
that's like, okay, now that I finished this, let's reintroduce some of these other experiments, whether that's meditation or, or a slow carb diet or cold showers, but trying to stack everything on at once is a little bit much for sure. So is that our three takeaways each? It is indeed. Where are we going? All right. this? And I've got a few discussion questions. In what situations would you recommend someone do the 75 hard or not recommend it? I'm trying to think about a, a scenario in which someone shouldn't do it. I've got one. I've got okay. one. If you don't have someone to keep you accountable, I think that's a huge thing. I think there's a lot. Of, so I was trying to influence and encourage some other friends to do it, to do this challenge. And I wasn't there really to hold them accountable. And granted, neither were Kyle Lewis or I really. We were all in different states whenever we first started. But that being said, if you're a borderline person and you're not going to fully commit and you don't have someone to hold you accountable, then I'm sorry, you're not going to end up doing this successfully. If you want to do this, you have got to buy in all the way and you've got to commit. You can't just do it halfway. So yeah, having two people, having you guys doing it alongside me, definitely top, top, top reason that I finished the challenge for sure. I mean, if I hadn't had you guys doing it and I just like decided one day that I was going to, you know, do it for 75, work out twice, you know, all the, all the rules for 75 days in a row, there's no way I would have finished. I don't think. Lewis, that's a different story. I don't think I could have done it. All righty. Uh, next question. And I think I kind of know the answer, but would you all do it again? Yeah, I, seeing... I, would, I would definitely do it again. I'm currently, I think we're planning on doing phase one. I think my life is, is much now than it was before. And, you know, just like I would advise myself to do cross country when I was uh, in the ninth grade, I would yell at myself to do it. And I think that looking back, it's the same way with this challenge. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm ready to get started. It's just if we want to do that water fast, and I don't know if I want to be doing a water fast while while trying to work out twice a day. So I, I, I think we got to do that first. <laughs> I think I got to do that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thinking like Labor Day weekend for that. So, okay. That reminds me of one thing, actually. One thing that made my challenge really difficult, and so this is the question, and I'll just answer it first, is what was the hardest part for you? So the hardest part for me was the diet I set for myself had something that I had a rule where I wanted to get at least 150 grams of protein every day. So that meant that you know even if I got my workouts done in the morning and my reading done in the morning and my water done by like 2 or 3 p.m., like I could not get that much protein in until the end of the day. So it kind of sucked in the sense that I pretty much was always doing something worrying about finishing till the very end of the day because it just took me the combined eating three or four times to get that much protein just because I don't have a huge single meal appetite, which has been improving from doing IF actually for the past couple of weeks. But so having something where I had a minimum, that might have been striker like what you were saying, that might have been too much to like have that as the requirement. And it wasn't just eating clean, but it was eating perfectly clean and also eating perfectly clean at volume to get enough protein. And that made it really hard for me. Hardest part for me were the workouts. 90 minutes a day of working out is a long time. And then having to split them up in between two different parts of your day is also difficult. And it kind of, you have to, you have to schedule your day around it. Like you can't, you can't just be like, whatever, you know, wait until late in the afternoon to, to do this. It's like, then your day will really be messed up. So you've got to wake up, you've got to do this workout, you've got to do it later. You have to you just have to be very intentional with your days. So that was difficult for me, getting both workouts in every day. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same same boat, uh, just being very intentional with just the schedule of your day. But for me, instead of workouts, 
with eating because my diet was intermittent fasting and I only have that six and a half hour window. That's something I found really difficult is trying to schedule my day around that, especially whenever I was still living at home. My dad or mom would be preparing a family meal. It's like, well, I've got to scarf this down as soon as it's ready. And so that didn't really end up satiating me, you know, because I wouldn't get enough food, you know, in those last like 30 minutes or however long it was. So really just the diet. And again, since we were waking up super early and getting our morning workouts in, and then they'd be cooking the food that would make me hungry. So that was something I really had to kind of overcome that obstacle. And then since I was waking up or we were doing the early morning workouts, I had to wait six hours. Just that time in itself, even if I wasn't around food, is very difficult because however many hours that is between working out and then getting food is kind of stressful on your body almost, but in a good way. Yeah. All right. So I got two more questions. One is, what would you do differently if you were at day zero? What advice would you give yourself and what did you learn along the way that made it easier? That's one question with like three kind of prompts, you know, to because they might hit different parts of your brain and encourage you to say something. So one thing I did, because you both look very pensive uh, on Zoom right now for the people only listening on audio. One thing I did that helped tremendously was committing to, well, first of all, just in general, getting as much done as possible, as early as possible, helped dramatically. Mornings determine the whole day. There are days where, you know, if you got both workouts done by noon, that was a glorious day. It was so easy. Um, And what really helped me, it was this, just a note card. Cause I was also like striker, you know, doing a bunch of other things. Khan and I were just starting this podcast only a week or, or about a month, I guess, before we'd started the 75 hard, I was participating in an internship. I had a couple other things going on. I was freelancing a website for some friends of mine. So I had a lot going on and I was trying to manage all of them in one system to like keep track of all the tattoos and check all the boxes. But 75 hard was ultimate priority. Whereas like if I didn't get something done for one of those other things, it's fine. I could push it to the next day, but 75 hard was absolute must. So I started doing like a note card, just a three by five index card with, I guess, 49 boxes where, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then on the other vertical column, all the things. And just having that one separated from all of my other quote unquote productivity systems, just a very simple analog for checking the 75 hard boxes made it a lot easier to keep track of those pieces. And, you know, if I was tired, I didn't want to check my actual to-do list. It's like, okay, I can just look at this index card and now I can go to sleep and not fail this challenge. That's a good system that you created there to, to keep yourself in line. I think drinking a lot of water early in the morning is going to be mine. I think that I would try, I would wake up and have two bottles of water. And then while I was doing my like morning routine or whatever, I would have two more bottles of water. So before I even like did anything for the day, I'd had a half a gallon of water. And I think that that in itself just like, made me prepared for whatever the day was going to bring, like made the workouts easier, made eating better because like your, your digestive system is woken up and it's ready to go. So I think drinking water early in the morning is my tip. Yeah. I I like that tip for me again. Sorry. Going back to my diet, having water is so helpful in terms of making you feel satiated, even though you actually aren't. So just drinking tons of water, especially as Kyle said early in the day is super helpful. But something I'd do differently or something that was difficult and that I'd do differently is just kind of almost scheduling your day, even though you don't really want to, but really you have to schedule your whole day around 75 hard. And so I would recommend honestly, just kind of writing it out on a sheet 
just like your normal day. So like for weekdays, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m., hit the gym, come back, rest, go on a run, do whatever, you know, and then throughout the day, just kind of schedule it around that. And then the weekends could be different, you know, but really just having a general schedule that you kind of stick to, it could be so helpful because otherwise you'll start getting things mixed up and jumbled up. And uh, yeah, you're not, you don't end up crushing it all at the end of the day, which a few days I had to do. So yeah, I'd say, I mean, that's something I've been on before 75 hardest time blocking, time boxing, time blocking. It goes by both terms where you just get a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle and mark every hour of the day in 30 minute increments and, or 15 if you're insane and put little boxes around what you're going to do. And so that incredibly helpful for sure. Yeah, it's not something that I do. Or I've tried to do it. Just I haven't picked it up as a habit. But I like that's your next big 10x move. I like Kyle. describing it as giving each hour a job. Exactly. Yeah. I, I use my. Sorry. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like I I use my calendar frequently, but then at the beginning of this, I was like oh, let's just work out. Like my workouts, I would normally just fit in whatever free time I had during the day. And so that was a big change that I had to make going into 75 hard because this is, as Lewis said, the ultimate priority. So you have to make sure that you get those in at the right time. So that's why using time blocking, scheduling of any kind for the workouts, for the diet, for water. Uh, like I set a reminder on my phone every day that said, drink it, have, be finished with half a gallon of water at this time you know so i'd said that for like 12th so it's just middle of the day pretty easy you know but just making sure that you have reminders and schedules just blocked out for you super helpful all right so i lied i got two more questions because i realized that one question came to mind that'd be good so that question is what was the most impactful reading that you did from 75 hard we all read 10 pages a day minimum what book or idea that you read from one of those books was most impactful to you during that period of time? Let me get my stack of books out. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, so I finished the four hour body literally in the middle Big of Big surprise. Yeah. So <laughs> I started with like the four hour work week. And in the middle, I wrote or I read uh, four hour body. And then I ended with the negotiation book, all of which are incredible. But I think just because it was kind of what we were focused on, really just doing the different things described in the four hour body by Tim Ferriss. Great, great, just advice in so many different aspects. Like if there's one single thing I could pick out from that book that I have taken with me, it's going to sound weird, but the core and ab workouts are insane. They look weird, but oh my gosh, this guy will get to you. He has one that's called like cat vomit. And the other is like a, Bosu, sit up. Myocratic crunch. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myocratic crunch. These things are insane. And if you aren't doing them like exactly right, you won't get the same same feel. So after you get the hang of it, it starts burning. And I've seen great results with it. So that's kind of a fun takeaway. How about you, reading wise? Yeah. So my I read The Black Swan was the first book that I was reading. And I don't I didn't really finish any book. I just like read I have a ton of books and I just like pick up as I go and I like to have a bunch of ideas coming at me. But I'd say in the first uh, I think twenty pages of The Black Swan, there's this idea about how history doesn't crawl, it jumps and how that's just like a, a very interesting idea for me because like everything that's important that's ever happened was like 
not there one day and there the next. And that's the way it works. Just like coronavirus is now with us. Like we, no one expected it. And now it's this huge thing in all of our lives. And I think it applies to like, like innovation and, you know, people, every really important invention that's ever happened, pretty much people would just shit on it. But right before, like they almost stoned the inventor. And then actually he was right in the face of everybody thinking that he was wrong. And I, I think that there are a lot of applications that, I, that I've come to in my life to think like, you know, like history doesn't crawl, it jumps. Like, and with this podcast, that's something that I, I've kept in mind as we, we've gone through it. Like, we, I don't think we have that many listeners right now and that's okay. And at some point, I think there will be an inflection point, but we, we have no idea where that will be, when that will happen or what that will look like. And if you just like trust the process, like we're saying, like at some point something will happen, you'll benefit from randomness. Definitely. So my takeaway from the book, I read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, classic. Very, very good. Extremely simple, right? That's what everyone says about the book and it just works. It's just very basic, constant reminders in every chapter about being focused on other people, thinking from other people's perspective and how that's kind of like literally a cheat code for anything. Uh, not even to do it for malicious intent or anything, but just if you think about what the other person's thinking about going into the situation, going into the negotiation, going into their day, like what can you say to them that breaks the rhythm of like boring life or anything like that? That's just a really important idea for me to think about as, you know, as I'm designing a website, it's what's the person who's looking at this website here for? What it's their purpose for visiting this website. How should I orient this around what they're trying to accomplish or a podcast? What are the listeners to this podcast hoping to learn? How can we produce content that is more educational and impactful for them? So a series of things like that, I think that was an important idea for me. So last question here is what was your, your proudest moment? This is the revel in the achievement section of this interview. Uh, proudest moment, biggest accomplishment from 75 hard. Mine is definitely both day 76 and <laughs> losing 30 pounds. I think, you know, on one side of it, I, I didn't think that I was going to, I didn't know, I, I thought I was going to do it, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And being able to sit there on day 76 and be like, well, I'm done. I can do whatever I want. It's a, it's a weird feeling for sure. And, you know, the weight loss is, like, just huge. I mean, I couldn't do pull-ups before. I can do pull-ups now. That's a, that's actually, I think, my biggest thing is being able to rep pull-ups because it's such a simple exercise. And, like, I, I believe that everybody should be able to do it, and I couldn't do it. And it was embarrassing, and, you know, I don't know. So, so being able to, to do pull-ups is probably my biggest, you know, the thing that brought me the biggest amount of joy. Striker. Oh, okay. I mean, I think for me, it was kind of something I shared earlier, just revisiting that mental space of, okay, I can still work even if at the time I'd usually just be going to bed, like realizing I have that in the tank, that feeling when, okay, this is absolutely something I need to do. And then realizing I still can do it, even though I'm, it's up late. So just knowing that that's like an extra reserve I forgot I had. And so that's like, I feel like a tool I have in my toolkit. It's a hard question. So I was doing running. And I got down to a three mile run at like 19 minutes, which is like 6.30 a minute or something. I don't know. Anyways, great. That was, I was on top. Yeah, 6.20 a minute. That was awesome. I remember finishing that run and I was like, wow, this is probably the fastest I will ever run three miles unless I actually start like training to become like a runner runner. 
Uh, and that was just such a cool moment for me because I don't know, I'm not normally a runner, but I found that really cool. Not normally a runner pumping out six minute miles. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, well. I enjoyed this conversation with you all. One thing that I just reminded myself of in my commentary about how to win friends and influence people is that in our last episode with Wes K.O. Kyle, we said we want to leave with a uh, call to action. So my call to action, I came up That's with. That's a pretty clear one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the call to action isn't everyone should do the 75 hard. You should think about it, right? You have to decide if it's right for you. But my, my call to action is to do the 75 hard once. Do one day of the 75 hard. Just one day where you do two workouts, 45 minutes each, yawn water, blah, 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 blah. If you've been listening this far, you should keep track of uh, what there is to do. Do it one day, give it a test drive, see if you like it. Uh, and if you do decide to try the challenge, let us know. And uh, yeah, I think we'll call it here. Go for a day, everyone. Striker, thanks for coming on. Really thanks, appreciate dude. it, buddy. Thanks for thanks, thanks for calling for me out. Thanks yeah. for saying I'll do it if Kyle does it. Uh, yeah, that's, thanks that's the real for being crazy enough to do this by yourself. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. That wraps up our conversation with Striker and Lewis talking about 75 Hard, the challenge that we did this summer. You know, life-changing challenge, really good conversation. I think it's going to make for a good podcast. I'm happy that we did it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, Kyle. I'm glad Striker was able to join us for this conversation. It's good to have him on the podcast. Fun living with him this summer and doing the 75 hard and having him smoke me on a, a couple of runs. Overall, good episode. I hope you all enjoyed and got something to take away from it. Even if you're not doing the 75 hard, some of those lessons can still be applied in other circumstances. But, you know, call to action. Just try it once. Try it for a day. See what you like. Uh, if you like this episode and want to support the show, best way to do that, subscribe on iTunes, follow us on social media, leave a rating or review on iTunes, or just tell a friend about the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in a week with the next episode.